0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obias. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. NFL trade deadline. Actually active. Teams using draft capital to get better now rather than rebuild in the draft and try to take advantage of some of these windows. We'll get into that. College football playoff rankings debut tonight. And Boo Corrigan, NC State's AD, will be the committee chair. He is the man on the hot seat having to explain away the rankings and why they did what they did. Will Clemson show up in the top four tonight? We'll discuss. Let's log on to the Internet, shall we? What's Trending is brought to you by Geico. you got a choice of ways to save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico
1: office nearest you. Let's get it. Rain washed out. The World Series returned to the City of Brotherly Love last night, Joe. So instead, Game 3 will be tonight in Philly, 8 o'clock. Watch that game on WRAZ. We have Lance McCullers going for the Astros. Phillies have changed their starter. Noah Syndergaard will not be on the bump tonight. It will be... Ready for this great name, Ranger Suarez? That is a name I can back. Ranger Suarez. Please yeah, tell me his
0: middle name's Rick. <laughs> I feel like Ranger Suarez is a, a guy that will be uh, in the next season of Star
1: Wars Andor. I mean, you That's know what that sounds. You like, know man. how I gamble on like Filipino basketball just based on names? That's I true. would totally take Ranger Suarez if he was a Filipino basketball player instead. <laughs> He's on the hill for the Phillies tonight. Series is tied 1-1. Very nice. Very nice. Next up.
2: One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four.
0: Hey, remember, remember when Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper fired head coach Matt Rule, held a press conference, and when he was pressed about, like, hey, man, things are not going so smooth right now, and, and Tepper kind of, Pushed back, he bristled at the idea that you know things. He's been an abject failure. Yes, he goes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. wait a second! Wait a second! Hold up! Wait a minute! (laughs) I brought music to Charlotte. That's what he said. I brought music to Charlotte. I mean, come on, there's always been music in Charlotte, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, so you brought music to Charlotte, David Tepper. Then I look at look at me, Tepper, because I know you're on Twitter. I know you're on Twitter. You will be watching this video. I am sure of it. Look me right in the eye sockets and explain to me why Taylor Swift is not coming to Bank of America Stadium on the first leg of her North American tour. Explain it to me, David. I'm in peak Swift mode right now after she dropped Midnight's last week. Okay, I'm still waiting on my vinyl to arrive. Blood Moon Edition, by the way. Which version did you get, Dennis? I'm thinking about getting the, uh, was it the- The Jade? The Jade. Uh, the j- no, not the Jade. The, uh, was it like the Midnight Blue one? Well, that's the that's the cassette tape. Yeah, no, That I, looks good. Yeah. I like that one, too. I might go that route. So, so anyway, Tepper, back, eyes back on me. So, I'm in peak Swift mode. This woman has not toured since the pandemic. She's put out album after album. All right? Including Midnight's, which is great. You said you brought music to Charlotte. That's music that I wanna see. Why isn't Taylor Swift at Bank of America? Two shows in Atlanta. Two! You can't get one in Charlotte. De- Tepper Sports and Entertainment missed on Swift, missed on Beyonce. You tell me Beyonce can't sell out Bank of America Stadium? So I went back and I looked at the concert history at Bank at Bank of America Stadium since Tepper has taken it over.
1: You tell me if you notice a pattern here, Julio. I'm I going to need Candace Cooper's radar for this. Or? Just,
0: just, you Just tell me if you pick up on a pattern here. Okay. Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. I went to that show. It was a hell of a show. the hell, hell of a show. I'm so worked up about no Taylor Swift in North Carolina. I can't even speak. Okay? I'm just a big baby. And Tepper's lack of a, the monster on the hill. Anyway. So, Billy Joel. Mm. Followed by Def Leppard. Motley Crue, Garth Brooks, Red Hot Chili Peppers, along with The Strokes and Thundercat, Elton John's Farewell Tour, and coming up, I believe, uh, the only show that's on the books for next year, Luke Combs, Brett Cobb, Riley Green, Laney Wilson, and Flatland Calvary.
1: Candace likes to call that white boy-ish.
0: That just looks like a list of shows that David Tepper wants to see. We could boost that up to Boomer-ish, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's Boomer energy. Essentially, what this looks like is big Boomer energy, David Tepper going, Psh, you kids, I'd like to see that. <laughs> well, hey, i I'm a billionaire, so I can bring who I want to bring to my damn stadium. Cool, I get that. But it reeks of, are you doing this for you, or are you doing this for the community that you said you brought music to? Charlotte's a young, up-and-coming city that absolutely would crush a Taylor Swift show. Beyonce would just... Dis- Beyonce played Carter Finley Stadium, my dude. Mm. You telling me? And she, that was so crazy that people left their cars on I-40 to go see Beyonce on time. Only for it, yeah. I know. Lightning. There's lightning yeah. and everything else. But that's not the point. The point is people abandoned cars for yonks, yes, for, okay? I would have too. So what this reeks of to me is David Tepper seeing these youthful acts and going, I know what real music is. That's boomer energy. It's like, you youths in this real music, blah, blah, blah. I'll show you real music. Let me put on my Garth Brooks. Let me put on my Billy Joel. That's real music, not Taylor Swift. Come on, man. I had one guy saying, but yeah, he's booked good acts. I'm like, okay, well, then explain to me how Garth Brooks showed up on the bill. Got to tread carefully. I'm not. I know, but you I got to. Him. I stand by what I said. Billy Joel did the original version of that one song anyway. Shameful. Next up. Shameful.
1: The Canes take care of the Capitals in Game 9 last night, Joe. Canes win 3-2 to two in a shootout. Andre Svechnikov provides the game winner in the shootout. But don't take my word for it. Take Adam Gold's word for it in two minutes of hockey.
2: Let's do that hockey. All right, boys and girls, I got two minutes for Carolina's brand new superstar. We said going into the year that the improvement that would make the biggest impact that would lead potentially to a Stanley Cup would come from within. And when I say come from within, I mean players who had not performed to expectations. Some of you might be thinking about Andrei Svechnikov, and he did score last night. Into the Washington zone. Natchez has a lane shot out in front. They'll score!
1: On the rebound, Andrei Svechnikov, number eight for 37, and the Canes have tied it at two.
2: But you know who made that play? It was the 88 car. Martin Natchez made that play. Paul Stasny in front with a little deflection. Andrei Svechnikov on the back door, cleaning up the trash. An easy put away for the game tying goal. Go back to Saturday night in Philadelphia. Carolina playing horribly. It was terrible. Third period, late, two oh five left, down a goal. Guess who comes to the rescue? Nature
0: has it. This could be it. As Burns is onside,
2: Nature scores! Oh, what a shot! My- just stay red hot. And then in overtime, Brent Burns might have done the scoring. Marty Natchez made the play. Aho is still on the ice for Carolina. Last minute of overtime. Aho. Burns. He scores in overtime. Feel the burn. Carolina
1: takes it four to three.
2: Let me tell you about Martin Natchez here, fellas. Natchez has played nine games this year. The Hurricanes have played nine games. Strange coincidence, huh? He has scored in eight of them. He's probably been their best forward in four of them. This is the guy who couldn't shoot straight last year. Something happened in the offseason. A light was turned on, if you will. But Natchez has become, through nine games, small sample size, and he admits that. The player that Carolina thought was coming into his own three years ago. This is the best sign for what could be to come for the Hurricanes. Marty Natchez leads the team in scoring, leads forwards in ice time, leads forwards at even strength ice time as well, and winning face-offs. Maybe he is a center down the road. So consider these entire two minutes or however long it was in defense of Marty Natchez, brought to us by our good friends at Dysart Willis. High stakes litigation and defense available 24-7 for you, just like Marty Natchez.
0: That's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. You can catch more than just two minutes by checking out the Canes Corner podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. We're there. It's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Next up. Number two. So, the NFL trade deadline is today, and it's been relatively active. You've got Naheem Hines headed out to Buffalo. you got Bradley Chubb going to the Miami Dolphins. A couple trades yesterday. Although, the most interesting one is the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> trading to get suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley.
1: Can you yeah. explain that to me? Falcons having a little bit of sale here today, so I guess Cal. They- I guess but they're in first place. Yeah,
0: that's true. I guess Calvin Ridley will be fresh because it, it would have been year. It'll be two seasons of football he hasn't yeah. played.
1: Well, no, no, no. Well, well, yeah, he was injured most of last year. He
0: was injured most of last year. He's not playing this season because he made a bet in Miami when he shouldn't have made a bet Correct. on the geofencing. Yes. And that's why he was suspended for the State season. Yeah. And I have no problems with the fact that he got suspended for a year. That's, that's a pretty hard and fast rule you cannot break in the NFL. So I was curious about that one. But for the purposes of the Carolina Panthers, it's the move they didn't make. Albert Breer. He of Sports Illustrated tweeted out earlier today that the Carolina Panthers were offered two first-round picks by the Los Angeles Rams for Brian Burns. These picks would have been in 2024 and 2025. The fact that the picks wouldn't happen until 2024 and 2025 is important here, because what do we know about the NFL? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be around for long. No, you're not. There's no guarantee that Scott Fitterer is going to be around as the general manager to make selections with those picks. Um, and I also don't think that the Panthers are so far off that you're doing a full-on fire sale, especially with what you believe to be a young core that's going to be a part of the success with whoever it is that's going to coach next with the Carolina Panthers. And that's the real issue here. Brian Burns is a premium, straight up. He is a premium. And while the Carolina Panthers do have some cap hell they have to work through, good teams will work through that cap hell. There's some dead money they gotta work through with Christian McCaffrey. They got some dead money uh coming up with who there's somebody else. Robbie uh, Anderson. Robbie Anderson, right? So there are some things that are gonna have to work. But what I always tell you about the salary cap, yes, there are some limitations. However, the salary cap isn't real for a lot of teams. You can get creative with this stuff and how you structure a contract. So 24 years old, he's due a massive extension. The Panthers will probably, they're clearly indicating they're going to do this with Brian Burns. Otherwise, they would have traded him. And I don't blame him for this. I actually agree with them keeping Brian Burns because you have to guarantee that what you're doing with your upcoming draft picks, you're going to find another guy like that at that position, which is not easy to do.
1: No, this is another right move by the Panthers. I mean, it's two for two now in this trade deadline. And of course, we are actually always, three for three. If you want to count Anderson,
0: we we always look for trends in, in the NFL. What would it tell you what we've seen as of late with some of these trades?
1: Well, just like the Rams won the Super Bowl last year by going for broke and kind of pushing their chips all in. You know, I, th- I think you're seeing the 49ers make a move to get Christian Mac- McCaffrey you're now seeing the Dolphins once again use those extra picks that they picked up in the in the Trey Lance move and going back to the Laramie Tunsil deal. You know they've made smart moves to help their quarterback and now help their team. And if you think about it, Chubb is uh, has been injured more than Brian Burns, but they're basically at the same point in their career. I mean, that's a great value for them, considering where the Dolphins are likely to finish. So that's not going to be a top ten pick, and you're not going to get a top ten talent like Chubb at the end of the draft like that uh, end of the first round like that so that's another smart move by the dolphins next up the number one story of the day we're number one we're number one college football playoff
0: rankings will be unveiled tonight the first iteration a couple things to keep an eye on next are you ready to buy or sell your home So the college football playoff rankings are tonight. For those of us in the area, you're going to see a familiar face as the college football playoff committee chair that has to answer the questions the rest of the season. That would be Boo Corrigan. And I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, but I'm sure there's a subsection of NC State fans that are going to be like, now y'all know why we don't like this guy. Because Boo's got some detractors out there. I think most of the detractors for Boo Corrigan at NC State are related to the fact that he's not Debbie. All right, different personality, different guy, different type of leader. Somebody had pointed out to me that there's a direct correlation between popular NC State personalities amongst the fan base on their output on social media. And I'm like, sure. you know what? You're not wrong, because on social media, State fans love Debbie. Dave Doran, a little, like, low-key, extremely online, as we found out this weekend, just bored scrolling Twitter. Hi, Dave. He probably has me muted. Regardless, Boo's not that guy. No. So, Boo will be that guy, though. He has no choice now. He has to talk his way through the college football playoff selection process. So, who's going to be number one? I think you and I both say Tennessee.
1: Yeah, there's little doubt in my mind that Tennessee ends up being number one here. And a big part of that, I think, is strength of record, which is number one. Then you think about, like, who has a better win than Tennessee's win over Alabama? You can't pick one. You can't really pick one. So Here's
0: noted SEC enthusiast Paul Feinbaum this morning on ESPN predicting who he thinks will be number one.
1: Well, my top four will not mirror what we're going to see tonight. I still like Ohio State as the most complete team. After that, Georgia, Tennessee, and Michigan. Having said that, uh, there's a lot of reason to believe Tennessee could end up number one tonight based on the win three weeks ago over Alabama. So that's Paul Finebaum. It's also not only that. I mean, they beat LSU like a drum mm-hmm. down there and then they just dominated Kentucky. Now, you may have varying opinions of Kentucky and LSU, but I don't think there's any doubt when you beat them the way that they beat them, mm-hmm. when you control and really just dominate talented teams. That there's a difference between that and you know, what we saw with Michigan, Penn State and Ohio State and Penn State. And quite frankly for for the Big 10 teams, like there's two of them and you're going to look at the rest of that top 25 and go, okay, well, Illinois is probably going to be in there, but neither one of them's played Illinois. Yeah. So you're kind, of, and I don't. I mean, no disrespect to Illinois, but they're they're just okay. They're they're the best of a bad group. I mean, that that is the Coastal Division, just in the Big Ten.
0: Well, the the thing that Feinbaum said about Ohio State, I do think is interesting. Ohio State is a metric starling.
1: They are. They're number one in every metric there is. But you, SPI, just, but you just laid out some of the S&P. issues with the Big
0: Ten. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say the, the the Big Ten is one for one with some ACC years of the past. But you no, can because there's
1: two of them. There's two good teams.
0: You yeah. The ACC was only had one, and that was Clemson for the yeah. longest time. I do think the ACC is a little stronger this year. It just happens to be on the Atlantic side, not on the coastal side. Carolina's season to the state, withstanding. I don't. The way I see this shaking out is you'll see Tennessee and Georgia 1-2, because Georgia still looks the part. And they have the win over Oregon. And it's also setting up for this Saturday, because sure. th- that's the other factor, too, when you watch these college football playoff rankings. It's a made-for-TV event to help you set up for a TV event that is the college football playoff. So if you can set up this weekend as a as a true 1-2 matchup, not just an AP matchup, then, yeah, you're going to get the ratings galore for it. Number three would be? I think it's going to be Ohio State. Okay. Here's where things get tricky for me. Understanding that ultimately the college football playoff rankings now, today, tonight, don't mean anything. It's going to change every single week. Three teams for that one spot. Michigan, Alabama with one loss, and Clemson. I think Alabama is going to show
1: up at number four. Okay. Okay. Michigan probably number five. The case for Alabama, now I'm I'm just looking at the FPI, which is ESPN's football power index, all right? And things you have to understand, like this is a group of people who get together and they sit in a room together and they talk about these teams and they compare these teams, Mm -hmm. right? And while there's no magic formula for it, they're still going to use data. Number six in the FPI is Texas, who's not ranked by either the AP or the coaches. Number six, Joe. That win is going to be given as a good win for Alabama, even though it was their backup quarterback, it was a block field goal, made field goal, whatever the circumstance was. They're going to be given credit for that type of win. Yeah. You also look down in Alabama's favor, Mississippi State, a team, again, not ranked in the AP or the coaches' poll, but number 17, in the, uh, in the ESPN metric. So I think you're going to see them get a little bit more credit for games and look at the games that you are the normal person might look at and go, well, so what? Well, that's where it matters. And then you look at it's going to be interesting where they have the ACC teams. You're going to know right away too. Mm-hmm. It, it, when you look at the rankings between 20 and 25, and if you don't see Syracuse, if you don't see State, if you don't see Florida State, that's going to tell you right away that Clemson is not the number four team. And, they, and and there's a little bit of sleight of hand here now. Mm-hmm. Because if they want to put Clemson at number four, well, you'll see State. You'll see Florida State. You'll see Syracuse. If you don't, if they don't want to put Clemson at number four, you won't see those other ACC teams other than Wake Forest.
0: Yeah, and this is something we'll talk about a little bit more tomorrow because we've got to see what the rankings are. But this is something that we will absolutely drill into you throughout this entire process. One through four is easy. It's how they justify one through four. Yeah. And that's where you got to pay attention to the back half. Fifteen I go fifteen through twenty-five. Sure. I know what you're saying, but I go fifteen through twenty-five is, is the more fascinating part of the college football playoff committee because that's how they set up who they think is good to separate for the college football playoff itself. State of all of them, of who you just mentioned, state's the most fascinating one of them all because their two losses are on the road to ranked teams. Now, if you're judging NC State based on what they are right now without Devin Leary, then yeah, you probably don't think of them as a top 25 team. However, they're not a team that looks overly terrible based on their record.
1: Yeah, there, if you watch State, but, but there's totally also, different issue. There's issues. also people in the room, right? Right. right? Right. So it's not just Boo Corgan. Well, they can't talk about NC State with them. No, stop. Okay? Yeah, they're, they're human you, beings. Yeah, they, they understand. Charlie Cobb, also, you know, on that committee, a former NC State football player. So, yeah. look, there, there are, pe- they are people, they are human beings in that room. And as much as we want mm. to have some formula, there is no formula. They'll use the data, but they'll also manipulate the data to what they want. And if you see Texas at 20, or if you see Texas ahead of Wake Forest, they're saying to you, We think Alabama's best win Mm -hmm. is better than Clemson's best win. Michigan, all they have is Penn State right now. They have a win over Maryland as well. If you see Maryland at the end of there, There that might justify them putting Ohio State 3, Michigan 4.
0: There was a report earlier today that – this was from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated – that Brian Burns was desired. So the Rams were going to throw the Carolina Panthers first-round picks in 2024 and 2025. It's a long way away uh, in NFL timeframes, especially for somebody like Scott Fritterer, who might not be around as the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. You also don't know how good those first-round picks will be. You don't know where the Rams are going to be, so there's that unknown. It's not like you're guaranteed a top-ten pick in those situations. And there's also the matter of Brian Burns, who's a premium at that position. And it would, I think Scott Fitterer even said it, it would be an astronomical ask to get Brian Burns and two first round picks in 2024 and 2025, not considered astronomical. I agree. But there's one trend from the NFL trade deadline today that I think is important. And maybe it will shift the way people talk about the draft. I actually think it's Kyle Shanahan who really got things going a couple weeks ago when they traded for Christian McCaffrey. They gave up a second, a third, and a fourth in this upcoming draft, and then a fifth in 2024. And essentially what Shanahan was saying is you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you can have an idea of what you're going to get in the second, the third, and the fourth rounds. But sometimes you're like a literal lottery ticket. You're taking the chance on these guys, the hit rates on guys in the second, third, and fourth rounds. If you think think the first round hit rate is pretty bad, like 50-50 at best, it gets even worse as you go down the line. So Shanahan's overall point was, we're adding somebody right now that I can insert and get creative with in Christian McCaffrey. And you and I... We're both excited to see what an actual offensive mind can do
1: with a multi-use player like Christian McCaffrey. What did we see this past weekend? NFL history, at least a piece of it, where he threw for a touchdown, caught one, ran right. for one. He's the
0: third running back to do that since the merger in 1970. LaDainian Tomlinson and Walter Payton Sweetness. were the other two. That's some pretty good company, man. Just saying. So the Niners added that piece because if they've got this window that they built for Trey Lance but it hasn't come through, they're damn sure not going to throw it out because Lance isn't available. So Jimmy Garoppolo, we're going to make it best we can. I like what they did. How much have we praised the Buffalo Bills for going out and getting Stephon Diggs? It
1: really unlocked Josh Allen's potential.
0: Well, they helped themselves again today by by bringing on Garner's own Naheem Hines. As you mentioned, help out the special teams, right? Look at the Dolphins. Dolphins were an interesting— Dolphins just keep making one good move after another. Dolphins tanked. This is where tanking can actually pay off from you from time to time, but you also have to get the right pieces in place. They felt strongly enough that Tua Tungavailoa was the right guy. They gave him—they slow-walked him to be the starter, kind of split time with Ryan Fitzpatrick there for a bit. But they felt, okay, look, there's something there. Let's build around it. what they do with the draft picks? They didn't draft anybody with those draft picks from the San Francisco 49ers when they moved up to get Trey Lance. They went and got Jalen Waddle. They went and got Tyreek Hill. And now they added... Well, they used the draft pick on Waddle, but they... Yeah. And same Yeah, they used the draft pick on Waddle, I should say. So then they they made the trade to go get Tyreek Hill, and then now they bring on Bradley yeah. Chubb. That's a pretty
1: good haul. <laughs> it's good for... <laughs> You know, as you like to say, that's fifty-fifty proposition on some of those quarterbacks in the first round, maybe even less than that. So, and that's not to say Trey Lance's career is over, but man, I, I don't think he's worth three kill Jalen Waddle and uh, Bradley Chubb—that's for sure. I mean, look, you know, Trey Lance looked best to
0: him, but he hasn't played football in three years. Yeah. Okay. Because remember, he didn't—he didn't play in the pandemic. In the
1: pandemic. Yeah, it was at North Dakota State. They didn't have a season, so he played one game.
0: Yeah. So that's that's where things are. Anyway. That seems to be the – I'm not saying the Rams were the true trailblazer here, but they sold out, they sold out, they sold out. And it finally paid off for them last year. And yeah. maybe maybe some of that is coming home to roost right now for the Rams. But then well, they tried to the double down by going to get Burns. They got their pick. Because they, they lost Vaughn Miller. But they got, their, they, got their, they got their Super Bowl ring, right? Yep. So it's all good. That's the point.
2: To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.